Hello and welcome to After Credits, the only cover to credits bonus podcast. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. And in this episode, we will be discussing the best of 2017. There aren't a lot of things any of us want to remember about 2017. No, that's true. (laughs) But... In terms of books and movies, it wasn't half bad. Yeah. In the entertainment industry, to distract us from our troubles. And if ever there was a year we needed just high-quality distractions, yes. <laughs> this was the year. <laughs> Although, we'll see what 2018 has to bring to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves, I guess. But So, for any of you uh, listening who are wondering what this podcast is like and what it's about, but... Future episodes will only be available to our Patreon uh, subscribers or our patrons on Patreon. Mm -hmm. This is to give you a taste. This is just to to wet the palate. Yes. Just to tantalize you with the amazing content we'll be providing on After Credits. Mm -hmm. And this episode is going to be kind of a recap of some of our favorite stuff from 2017, but our other episodes will have more of a theme. Um, We'll be talking about something specifically. Yeah, subject matter, whether it relates to book-to-movie adaptations or it's just about books or movies or, uh, you know, whatever we feel like it. Yeah. This is our podcast, and we'll cry if we want to. <laughs> this is our special podcast for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we can do whatever we want. We don't even have our podcast uh, restrictions. Yeah, we're free. We're free. We're finally. We don't have to talk about adaptations. We can talk about something that doesn't have an adaptation yet or probably will never have one or something that. it doesn't. You won't <laughs> hear the phrase, but in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or actually in the movie. <laughs> We're free. It's just going to be stream of consciousness. We have a lot of other opinions, it turns out. (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) So, yeah, best of 2017. So should we start with uh, movies? Yeah, let's start with movies. Okay, because that's more my field (laughs) compared to the books. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good ones this year. Mm -hmm. A lot of good... A lot of good blockbusters. Yeah, really popular ones that were amazing. And probably the best, I don't know, I don't keep track, but probably the best year for superhero movies that I can think of. Oh, yeah. Um, What, if you had to pick one superhero, so out of all the movie, out of all the superhero movies, we got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. Which was solid. Mm-hmm. It was good. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. We got Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. We got Logan. Yep. And then we got Justice League, which I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> and no one cares about Justice League. And then we got Justice League. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, I think you know what I'm going to say. There's no contest. It's definitely Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, I can watch that movie anytime. Like, I've already seen it a few times, and it's just great to watch again and again. And I don't know what it was about it. I don't know if it's the the actress, um, who's amazing, the director, Patty yeah. Jenkins, who did a fantastic job directing the movie, um, or what it was, the combination or something, but it's just so solidly good and fun and enjoyable and, and great. I think something for me is that as superhero movies and blockbusters in general continue to go on and on and on, yeah. the tropes of them, or I shouldn't say the tropes, but the, uh, um, the I guess the tropes of, like, you know, white male 
square-jawed protagonist yeah. and, you know, love interest and then, like, the MacGuffin that they're all after mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of these things kind of become so ingrained in us that they become more and more noticeable, Yeah, I think, as time goes on. And so when he, we see a movie like this that really breaks down a lot of those established tropes, yeah, it's just so refreshing and it just really adds a lot to the movie mm-hmm. just in those terms. Yeah, and Wonder Woman herself is just so someone you can just connect with, you know? Yeah. Even though she's super strong and like really hot and perfect in every way. <laughs> like, you know, she's striving to figure out her own identity and I think it's it's cool for us to be along for the ride with her. And she's so earnest and uh, she cares so much, but she's still such a badass and that is such a great combination. Yeah, uh, you know, not a not a perfect movie in my books, but like it does so much mm-hmm. that we I think a lot of people have been waiting for in terms of like really good female protagonist and yeah. a female director stepping up and mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say stepping up, but like finally getting the chance to do. Yeah, <laughs> they've been trying to step up, I think, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it uh, just just solid. I think one of my biggest um I shouldn't say criticisms of the movie, but something that annoys me a little bit is that the special effects mm-hmm. aren't as high quality as other DC movies, which I don't blame the movie itself. No, I it's blame DC. DC and Warner Brothers for not investing the money in this movie that they should have. In the only movie that's been good that's come out yeah, of there. Yeah, out of the entire uh, uh, new DC franchise, it was by far the best. You know, one of the reasons that I didn't see Justice League was because I didn't want to see Wonder Woman in that movie. I was like, no, I like Wonder Woman. I don't want to see her interacting with these stupid, like, in this (sighs) stupid Batman, in this stupid storyline. And, you know, like, she's just much better used elsewhere. I'm going to save it for Wonder Woman, too. Like, (laughs) I agree. Like, she'll probably she's probably one of the best parts of Justice League. I'm sure she's good. But I just don't want to see her like having to try to carry like the rest of that ensemble. I don't know. And maybe I I shouldn't be shitting on it because I didn't see it. Yeah, We didn't see it. And (laughs) but I just. In my mind, it's just because DC has lost, like, all of my, um... Respect. Respect, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of don't feel like giving them much of a shot anymore, so... Yeah. Outside of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. of course. So, yeah, for me, in terms of... It, it was really close um, between Wonder Woman, of course, uh, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which was just... I, and I need to see that again, because oh, I've I'd only seen it, it once. Again. Yeah. Uh, but just so freaking funny and very unique and it just makes me more excited for where Marvel's going. Yeah. Uh, but actually I think I have to say my favorite was Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man, I just had so much fun in the theater. Yeah. I was just laughing my ass off and I loved every part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, I really, really don't have like any complaints about that movie. I love Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I love him as Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, I loved the plot. It took Spider-Man to places that um, we haven't seen him before. You know what I mean? In environments we haven't seen him before. And, you know, in certain, you know, brought those uh, high school uh, movie yeah, tro- um, yeah, tropes and like situations, but like obviously because it's a superhero movie, kind of dressed up differently. But 
Yeah, it was just so funny, and I loved Michael Keaton was a great villain. He was really good, mm-hmm. and I loved not only him his his performance, but the way the villain's written. Yeah, because in the movie he's kind of just trying to steal shit to yeah. like make money, mm-hmm. and the only time he grapples with Spider-Man is when Spider-Man's getting in the way of his yeah. business. So he's not like, I must kill Spider-Man! <laughs> like in every other in Spider-Man every, yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah. He's not like William Dafoe, like, Spider-Man! Yeah, Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, I said Green, Green Lantern. You said Green Lantern. Green Goblin. Green, it's okay. You caught yourself. Uh, but yeah, he was great. I just, there was just so much I loved about that movie and nothing I really disliked. Even yeah. uh, Iron Man was really worked well into the I know, the I plot. feel like there was a lot of character development with Iron Man that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, more so than probably any of the Iron Man movies. I know. He had more character development. Yeah, and it was just like, it didn't try to be too serious. Like, there were no. serious moments, and there were moments where Spider-Man had to kind of decide what type of hero he was going to be. Um, and of course he's young and he's trying, he's, he's aspiring to be like Iron Man and all these other superheroes. And so he, he's kind of trying to do his best and there's a lot of that going on, but there's also so much fun going on as well. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, of high school life, of friendships, of crushes, of, you know, being in school and, you know, all of that type of thing that I just loved so much. Yeah. And I I think I also am giving it to Spider-Man because... In a way, it had the most, uh, my lowest expectations, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, or it had the most going against reboot. it. Second <laughs> reboot. Yeah, it was the third iteration of Spider-Man in the sixth Spider-Man movie um, where Sony and Marvel were coming together to do it. Yeah. It had like 10 writers on it or something. Wow. And a director who hadn't done a whole lot, even though his other movie, uh, Cop Car, had been well-received. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was just like crazy uh you know how how much was kind of going against this movie going yeah. in and for as cohesive of kind of an overall movie as it came out to be it was really impressive and really shocking yeah uh let's not forget the other superhero movie that we haven't discussed from this year Lego Batman. Oh my movie. god, Lego Batman. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. So if you haven't seen the Lego movie or the Lego Batman movie, you need to see them. Uh, I've heard Lego Ninjago is not super good. I haven't seen that one. But oh man, Lego Batman is so funny. I, I love it. Let it be known <laughs> that the official stance of Cover to Credits Credits podcast is that Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie. It's the best Batman movie. The best Batman movie. Yes, it's better than The Dark Knight. (laughs) It's better than Michael Keaton's Batmans and Dark Knight and yeah, I mean, I I think... We went there. We went there. (laughs) It's the only Batman movie that actually really reflects on uh, who Batman is and questions that like, hey... Maybe a guy with, like, severe trauma who beats the shit out of people in an outfit and, like, alienates himself from everyone is not a healthy person. Yeah. And maybe he should change. Yeah. And honestly, this is the only Batman movie where Batman changes and something he he amends his ways, you yeah. know? He opens himself up. They make so many jokes about the Michael Jackson song, uh, Man in the Mirror, Oh, yeah. oh yeah, like take a look at yourself and make a change. But it's so true. Like you have to 
look at yourself, and Batman does in the Lego Batman movie. You heard it here. Lego Batman looks at himself and decides <laughs> that he can live a better life, and he opens himself up to friendships and to family, and it's so good. It's great. Yeah, and I, I think I especially like it because... Uh, Batman has been the most self-serious out of every out of any of the um superhero franchises. Yeah, especially with the Dark Knight. Yeah, and that brought it into a really I'm, serious tone. Yeah, and I'm not against uh having a really serious uh no. superhero movie. Logan, which I loved this year or mm-hmm. last year now, uh was pretty was pretty serious and yeah. straightforward, but you know, I love that they took the most serious uh franchise mm-hmm. and then was like hey we're just gonna make this goofiest shit also uh the joker batman relationship oh my God. in this movie was genius honestly it, just the character design of the joker yeah like the facial expressions they gave him like and zach galifianakis as the voice actor um it was amazing like the expressions on his face, I was just cracking up just from that. Like, I know. It's so well designed. <laughs> <laughs> and just so many good jokes for people who are familiar with, honestly, just even the most basic Batman. Yeah. Uh, you know, movies and movie knowledge. Like, you, you'll get so much more out of this movie. When we saw it in theaters, yeah. the person laughing loudest around us was like this... Uh, dad, who was like two oh, yeah. seats away from me, <laughs> who I thought was gonna lose his shit at like <laughs> the different uh, mentions of like the other Batman movies, and yeah. oh, he was he was truly it. a movie to unite the generations. <laughs> Watch it with your favorite child or uh, young adult, or just with your friends, because everyone will love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then I just want to give a quick. I know you haven't seen it, so I won't talk about it too much but yeah. Logan yeah, we, I just wanted mm-hmm. to give a quick shout out to because I actually didn't get to see that in theaters uh, and I finally saw it on uh, you, oh I guess you got it from the library for me and I it's, did. it's on HBO now so if you have HBO it's on there and wow I was really really impressed with it mm-hmm. I love that you know the X-Men universe is so big and especially the cinematic universe is so convoluted and kind of hectic at this point oh yeah and kind of a jumbled mess and this movie really strips a lot of that away mm-hmm. and looks at Logan as a character and takes him on this journey and it's kind of a modern day western and there's a great video by uh, Lessons from the Screenplay, mm-hmm. a great YouTube channel. And he actually compares Logan to Children of Men, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And I thought the comparison was so perfect. And yeah, just watch Logan. It's really, really good. I need to see it. Yeah, you, you should. It's <laughs> it's great. We'll watch it some night. Okay. But yeah, just special shout out to Logan because it really uh, surpassed my expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so you guys know, we are kind of deliberately skipping some of the more Oscar uh, oh, yeah. Beatty movies, uh, such as Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, The Shape of Water, Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Um, we're going to try to see some other ones um, because next episode. Mm, I not think next I one? think it's going to have to be two from now. Okay. I, think, I think the Oscars are in early March. Okay. Sometime in the future, we'll do an episode <laughs> on Oscar movies. So, um, hopefully before the Oscars come out and have some of our hopes for what will win what. Oh, yeah. 
or maybe after and analyze it. Yeah. I don't know. Either way would be great. Um, anyway, we'll discuss them um, because we like them. We've seen some of them. But if you're like, why didn't they mention Ladybird? That's because we are holding out. For yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough to say because like a lot of the movies, you know, that have technically come out in 2017. Yeah. Uh, like The Shape of Water or Call Me By Your Name, which we're still waiting for. Yeah, we still haven't seen that. <laughs> haven't come out yet around here. So even though they're, they're technically 2017 movies. So that's another reason we're kind of Lumping lobbing them off. together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so no, no big Oscar contenders. Mm-hmm. But... Let's talk about one of the biggest movies of the year, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of people have mixed feelings about Star Wars, and I, too, had mixed feelings mm-hmm. when the credits started rolling. Yeah, I did, too. I just needed to think about it. Should we talk spoilers, or should we just... I mean, I think a lot of people might not have seen it yet. Okay. It is kind of a newer release. Stuff we've talked about already has come out a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... I don't know. I'd like to see it again. I, I liked it. I definitely would. Uh, but it's kind of, a, you know, it's funny that after, you know, like you said, after the credits rolled and we're sitting in the theater, I was like, God, I got to think about that a little bit. Like, I don't know how I felt. And then without even having seen it again, mm-hmm. just thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I like it. I, yeah. I really do. I had to consider a lot of things and kind of reflect you know, on it's it. It's not a crowd pleaser. No. You know, like The Force Awakens is a crowd pleaser. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was like the greatest hits of Star Wars yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, but like for people who were a little like, okay, well, I hope the next one isn't just more of the same, this is what that is. And, you know, be careful what you wish for because, you know, people who complain about how The Force Awakens was just like A New Hope or it's the exact same, you know, spit out version are now complaining about how, um, what's this one called? The Last Jedi is too much of a departure from the original series. So, you know, I feel like this movie takes risks and most of it works, in my opinion. Yeah, There was some of it that I felt like was a little eh, but it really does take Star Wars in a different direction and the characters in a different direction, and I really appreciated seeing something new and something different. Yeah, I love the way they expanded on the characters. It was very character-driven in a lot of ways. Poe got a really interesting arc in it that I wasn't expecting him yeah. to kind of be as prominent as Laura he Dern's was. Laura Dern's in it. Yeah, Laura Dern's <laughs> She's in got it. purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I'm into it. Uh, I think my, one of my favorite aspects about the movie was that Luke got one of the biggest arcs in the movie. Yeah. So he didn't, you know, he kind of has, as you can tell from the trailer, somewhat of a mentoring role to Rey. Yeah. And... I wasn't sure how they would approach this because, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda were just that. They were mentors. Mm-hmm. They were kind of mysterious, powerful people. You don't really get into their what's going on with them. No, no. They just kind of are there to teach lessons to the main character and yeah. then uh, peace out. And then die. <laughs> <laughs> but Luke actually got like a real arc and a role and you were invested in him, which is what I wanted. I didn't want him to just show up, be a badass tell Ray what to do and then leave. Yeah, and I think that would have been disappointing for people who know Luke and have seen him in the past and now they're like, well, what happened to him? You yeah. Know? What caused him to go into isolation? It had to be something really traumatic and like, what's his mental state right now? You know, it's like, there's a lot 
to go into. And I'm glad that they paid the time and attention to that. Plus Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without getting into it, Kylo. Kylo. And Ray. Yeah. Raylo. Raylo. <laughs> Hasht- Hashtag Raylo. <laughs> so yeah, Star Wars, uh, definite positive reviews from both of us. Mm-hmm. Still need to see it again. Yeah. But I was I was really pleased with it. I was just glad to get something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Uh other other actiony, maybe not 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 necessarily uh blockbusters, but you know, more actiony movies of the year. Uh we got Baby Driver. Yeah. Which, what I I also need to see this one again. Uh, the action and car chases and just editing of it. Once again, Edgar Wright as a director, yeah, you know, is top notch in that regard. Mm-hmm. He's like unmatched in his uh, filmmaking technique, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in terms of plot and pacing. And characters, yeah, I, that's where it's a little bit. It's a cool movie. It is. It's cool. It's cool. But in comparing it to some of his other movies, such as the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't really, I can't really put my finger on what's different about those and not in Baby Driver. Um, but I like those more. Yeah, I think for me... Baby Driver didn't have as many characters that I felt attached to. Because mm-hmm. basically it's... Oh, I wish I could remember his name. Hansel... Ansel Elgort. Ansel... I was going to say Egbert. I think it's El- Elgort. <laughs> no, I, 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 you're right. It's <laughs> definitely not Egbert. <laughs> uh, he's kind of bland. Yeah. And he got a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor. Mm. And... Uh, I really disagreed with that one. He's he was fine. fine. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine, and it's fine. His performance is fine. Yeah. Uh, but also Kevin Spacey, isn't it? Oh no, I keep forgetting. Yeah. <sighs> Damn it, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's a small part, so you could watch it again, and it wouldn't be like it wouldn't yeah. like ruin. It's it. more than just like a cameo, though. Like yeah. he's he appears in it quite a bit, so. Yeah. Uh, get over it i guess should we talk about the best movie of the year yeah yeah let's do it okay i'm saying it now best movie of the year was get out get out was absolutely my favorite movie of the year by far we went to see this in theaters and i was just like shocked like oh my god it was amazing we were in the theater Everyone was like screaming. It was an experience. <laughs> and then we drove home and the whole drive home, we just were talking about it. Yeah. And then the next day we were talking about it. And, and then, then my parents saw it and I was talking to them. And yeah. Like we were, and then we'd be like, OK, you now you have to see it. Now you have to see it. And all I wanted to do was to talk about it. And it just like kept going. And it, I've never had that experience with a movie mm-hmm. like this before. Yeah. And not even just from a uh, uh, a. Th- thematic point of view yeah uh, which obviously it's super rich in like the themes of like race and upper middle class kind of white america and you know their issues with race and everything uh but this is i think the tightest script i've ever seen on screen everything means something (laughs) yeah because as the movie's going on you know there's a lot of um general creepiness that's going on Things that are like weird, yeah. That that are happening, 
and different things are happening. And as it's going on, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, what, how is this going to tie together? Like what's going to be the explanation for all of this that like satisfies everything that's happened so far. And by the time we get to the end of the movie and we know everything that's been going on, it all clicks and it takes a while because it does, you know, on that drive home, one of us would be like, yeah, but what about uh, the guy who was running at him in the middle of the night? How did that relate? And they were like, oh, wait, because of this and that. And then, but why would they do this? And then we, you know, and we just kind of kept going on making and on. These connections. Making these connections mm-hmm. about how everything tied into each other and the plot and the way things wrapped together. And it was just really, really amazing how expertly... Um, plotted this movie was and the pacing and and plus just the the tone of it Mm -hmm. you know i kind of love that horror thriller-ish area that it lives in light horror yeah and it's It's perfect for me because i hate horror (laughs) yeah it's just got some jumps in it nothing too bad and then you've got his friend in it who's hilarious who adds great comic relief i i just i i was blown away by it and i was a lot of emotional moments, you know, you could yeah. almost call it a drama in a lot of ways. Daniel Kaluuya? I think that's his I last think it's his name, mm-hmm. um, who plays Chris. No, yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Chris mm-hmm. in it is just remarkable. He was so good. Like, this has Oscar-worthy performances in it, too. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done raving about it, but. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's definitely my favorite movie of the year. Uh, and there were a lot of really great movies that I loved this year. Some that we haven't got had a chance to talk about yet because they're the Oscar type movies. But in terms of, especially when you talk about uh, a debut director, you know, this is Jordan Peele's first uh, movie that he directed, which is shocking. It is yeah. absolutely shocking, and he has a huge bar. To, well, and he wrote it too. Yeah, and he wrote it. Yeah, he set the bar so high. And and the Golden Globes fucked up. Oh, they. They screwed up so bad not nominating him. Yeah, they didn't nominate him for a director, for best director. And uh, let's see what the Oscars do. Uh, I know. They better fucking nominate him because he deserves it. He deserves it. And not only that, it was all white men who were nominated. In the category. Yeah, and just in a year that we saw Wonder Woman and Lady Bird and Get Out that were directed by... Minorities, yeah. people of color. I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but uh, Mudbound. Mudbound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was directed by uh, a black woman, yeah. and that got you know rave reviews, and it was just kind of all ignored for another Steven Spielberg nomination. Yeah, and Spielberg's great. I love Spielberg. But is he doing something new? You know, is he yeah. doing something different? And something that you mentioned before too is like when you think about budgets for movies. Yeah, and what directors have to work with uh jordan peele did not have a lot of money <laughs> no and in fact get out was like i think one of the highest grossing films of the year because it made so much money compared to what its budget was yeah you know movies like justice league that cost like billions of dollars to make and then advertise for yeah you know they make a lot of money but have a huge What's their net overhead profit? yeah yeah mm-hmm. so and get out was one of the most profitable movies of the year because of that yeah because yeah, but no one really considers that. Like, of course, Steven Spielberg's movies look beautiful and yeah. everything because he 
I think he has had, a shit ton of money. Yeah, and he, that's that's Meryl Streep money. Yeah, that's Tom Hanks money. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he has people that he works with in the industry that are really great at their job. You yeah. Know? So he not, it's not just him; it's a team of people around him. Lady Bird was another debut directorial. Yeah. Directorial debut <laughs> for. Um, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. And she did not have a lot of money either. No. So it's like, you know, it's about what you have and what you can do with it. I think that's, that is over. And saying something new. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if the Oscars can right the wrongs of the Golden Globes. Um, if not, we'll be ranting about it in our podcast. We will episode. be. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon for our rantings about <laughs> the Oscars. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Uh, Should we move on to books? Yeah, I, I Any do, other movies you want to mention? One more movie. Okay. Uh, and that was the only movie I was really disappointed in this year. Oh, yeah. And that was War for the Planet of the Apes. And you know what? That's been on a lot of like top ten lists, and people think it was good. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm really shocked. And I think it has something to do with um, uh, trilogy-itis, for lack of better terms. Yeah. Where a movie that completes a trilogy as long as it doesn't fall on its face return of the jedi people <laughs> people are like super happy about it mm-hmm. um the dark knight rises has really high rotten tomatoes score um yeah that's also a kind of shoddy film yeah uh <laughs> spider-man 3 which everyone kind of hates is like 76 percent on rotten tomatoes really and people were like oh it's so yeah it's got is really high for what people that's shocking because it's so bad <laughs> i know and war for the planet of the apes is another situation where it's a 93 percent i think what a 93 uh, war yeah yeah and my biggest issues with I really like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. I really like Dawn of the Planet of Both the Apes. Both good movies, yeah. You know, Rise was kind of a prison escape movie uh, from this, like, ape perspective that was so interesting and seeing Caesar really rise up. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> rise. <laughs> uh, as, as this leader um, among the other apes. And then Dawn kind of being this interesting thoughtful look at leadership leadership and, and power yeah and power mm-hmm. and kind of the tough choices you have to make and you know the gray areas of what's right and wrong yeah and then war tried to kind of do a little bit of each do all of that it was once again like a prison escape movie mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't do that nearly as well as rise no and it also went into the trope that i am very sick of by now which is uh, Spoiler strong, alert. <laughs> okay. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, strong male character and his wife and children are killed, and that leads him on a revenge quest. And I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. there's more that you can do with characters. Like, stop killing off someone's wife and children to give them character development. Like, women and children are not just tools to set you on your revenge quest for this plot. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> and he still has a young son. Yeah, and he after just is that. like whatever. And he like just gives him to like the nearest woman. Yeah. He's like, here, take this small child By the way, of mine. Like the only woman that's like in this movie. Yeah, the only female ape. <laughs> female ape. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a little girl, a human girl in it, but she doesn't speak. So is that ironic? I don't know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it has like this really kind of toxic masculinity running through it about him seeking revenge and he's making like terrible choices as a leader in order to seek revenge and then just continues seeking revenge and it would really hurt the franchise because all this development you've seen 
from Caesar in the trilogy mm-hmm. is just kind of lost. So I was huge. I mean, the movie looks great. The special effects have never been better. Um, you know, Andy Serkis's performance is great. Yeah. I liked Woody Harrelson in and it. And there are aspects of the plot that are interesting, especially yeah. what's going on between like the humans and the apes. I liked that part. But yeah, Caesar's whole plot line was just like, oh, here we go. Like another dude is going on this like revenge yeah. quest. Yeah, and it like, really hams it up this time as his be- as him being like this um, martyr for the. I don't. I don't mean that as in like also, him sa- sacrificing himself. I guess, but like. Uh, you know, suffering for his people yeah. and being this like mythic figure Moses to them. Storyline, yeah. like leading them out of like Egypt, kind of like, at the end. And I was like, so self serious <laughs> at the end. Uh, and then one other little thing I want to talk about that I thought was very interesting with this movie that was a criticism that I liked or thought was interesting was that uh, a lot about a lot of this movie is like the apes are in like this prison camp yeah. and are being forced to work and are being abused and stuff. And there's a lot of parallels kind of made to like slavery. Yeah. And one of an article I read about it was like, yeah, if your movie stars monkeys, then maybe don't make like these direct comparisons to like slavery. Yeah, it's and, very insulting. Yeah, it, it's just kind of very tone deaf in that way because it's, and like we said, it's very on the nose yeah. with a lot of its, uh, the message it's creating mm-hmm. with like slavery and stuff. And I, I just thought that was, it, it's not something I'd thought about, but I'm like, that's a very valid point in terms of it being tone deaf in that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was my most disappointing movie of the year. The only one I left that I was like, meh. Yeah. So. <laughs> and the only one we spoiled because we hated it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you to see it, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, let's get to books because this is this is your area. This is your niche. That um, You've read so many books this year, Ian. I have, but the problem is they're all books we've talked about on cover to credits. But, I mean, that's okay. I, there's some that I want to mention that, sure. were, that were really good that we talked about this year. Um, I had a lot of books that I liked this year. Um, it's funny because I read so many good books, but then when I think about ones that I want to list as my favorite, I'm like super hesitant to list them. So not to brag, but I did read 85 books this year. I was a little proud of myself. <laughs> you should be, <laughs> uh, especially you started grad school this year. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that this next year it'll be a little less since I'll be in school all year. But um, that was kind of cool. I got to read a lot of stuff um, for class and for pleasure. Um, one of my favorite books that I read this year, and I'm not limiting this to things that came out in 2017 because I'm one of those people that just likes to read a lot of different stuff, new books, classics, stuff that was published like a few years ago. So this is just kind of going to be a mixture. Well, and it doesn't matter so much with books. Yeah. You know, they come out that year and then it's the people same thing. People keep reading them. Yeah, it, it just exists after that. And it's the same with movies, but you know, when they come out, they're in theaters and it's more of an yeah, event. That's and with true. awards that year, it's kind of like, it's more of a, a hyped thing for movies to be released. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I get why, you know, mixing it up is, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I read this book this year called Kindred. Um, mm. And it's a science fiction novel uh, by Octavia E. Butler. And it was actually published in the 70s. So it's sort of a classic which is really interesting. But I'd been hearing a lot of like good things about it from people that I knew. So I read it, and it's super interesting, and it's really a different type of book because you say sci-fi, but it's not a science fiction like you would expect. And the plot of it is basically that 
um, Dana, who lives in like 1976 California, one day um, gets super dizzy and then finds herself like back in time. So it's sort of like a time travel book, but she can't control when she goes back in time. And the only way that she can get back is when she feels like her life is in danger. So when she's like about to be killed, basically. And um, another thing about Dana is that she's an African-American woman. So this is such an interesting perspective. And I think this is like, like Get Out in a lot of ways, where they look at something like a trope, like a time travel book or... um, you know, going home to meet someone's parents. And then they look at it from a different perspective than just like a white perspective. Yeah. You know, like what would it be like for an African-American woman to be back in time? Like that would be dangerous for her. That would be a horror. Like that would be a horror story. Yeah. You know, like get out is like, what are the dangers of white people to African-Americans? It's a horror story. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that this book like just explores that and it's super interesting because Dana kind of finds out and I'm not spoiling anything they tell you this like pretty much right away um finds out that the family um that she's kind of going back in time to um is her ancestors um and she's she feels like she's going back in time specifically to protect this white boy uh Rufus who she finds out is like her great 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 grandfather um and so she she kind of feels like she has to keep him from being killed so she can protect her own birth from happy for to keep her <laughs> classic classic time travel <laughs> to make sure that she can be born basically um but a lot of shit happens uh it's really really interesting and i loved it it was crazy yeah you telling me about it really made me want to read it cuz it's kind of right in i love um stories that have a sci-fi element yeah. that doesn't even really have to be explained. No, they don't And it's it. more just kind of setting up a character journey. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not a bunch of sci-fi craziness. It's just like the character dealing with this situation that's kind of brought about by a sci-fi element. So yeah, I, I really want to I really want to read it and I want to make time to read it at some point because it sounds great. It is. It's I would highly recommend it. Um, and I'm sure your library has it or if they don't, then you can buy it because yeah. <laughs> it, it is super worth it. And um, I actually got my book called book club to read it um, and I, they liked it, too. So that was fun. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, what, one of the only books I read this year that wasn't a podcast related book was, uh, Stephen King's The, F- the Gunslinger. Oh yeah. The first mm-hmm. of the Dark Tower series. And I was really curious about this book. I was excited about it cause I love Stephen King and it's like, oh, a crazy Stephen King, uh, fantasy, fantasy sci-fi. universe mm-hmm. that connects his different books. And it's like this big epic and I was all pumped for it and I read it and I enjoyed it. And one of the best aspects of it was kind of this world building to it, but it was also very vague in a lot of ways in terms of what's actually going on, what's the plot here, and what's this world that it, what, what are the rules of this world that they're in? Like, you feel like there's something you're not, you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... It's kind of like uh, in a sci-fi movie that's set on, like, a weird planet, 
and then you find out it's Earth like five million <laughs> years in the future. <laughs> it, it, it felt like that. Like I'm waiting for some kind of explanation big or big reveal that never came, mm-hmm. at least not in that book. Uh, so I was intrigued, but after reading an entire book and not feeling like I got any resolution, any resolution I kind of didn't feel like I wanted to pick up the next one. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm still at. Like, I'm not against the idea, but it didn't... The book wasn't so great that I had to get the next one. I hate that when you're reading a series, when you get to that point, whether it's the first, the second, or maybe the third in a series, and you're like, am I committed now? Like, do I want to keep reading? I know. Is it worth it? You know? That's what's so daunting about so many series, like, and makes you not want to pick up the first book. Yeah. Because you're like, uh, either <laughs> either I'm only going to read one and it's kind of going to be a waste of time, yeah. or I'm committing to reading like seven books. <laughs> it's one or the other, and neither sounds great, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. So that's one of the few uh, non-podcast uh, books. And they made a movie about it this summer that I heard was, meh, fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So a graphic series that I've been reading a lot, so not just this year, but um, last year too, and everything is a saga. Oh yeah. Um, and they a volume came out in March, and then the newest volume just came out in December, and I haven't read that one yet. But uh, it is so consistently good. It's so great. It's just this crazy sci-fi fantasy, beautiful art romp. Um, yeah. <laughs> about two kind of star-crossed lovers who come from different planets. Um, one planet has the they have horns, and the other planet has wings. Oh, I'm sorry. They're they're a moon and a planet, and they've been fighting each other for like thousands of years. And then two soldiers um, from opposite sides end up falling in love, and they have a child together. And it's just about them kind of like running from everyone who's trying to kill them, which is like the whole universe um and it brings in so many weird weird ass characters but you like them all even like the villains it's kind of interesting um and it's not like anything i've read before yeah the artwork i haven't read this series i've just like flipped through the artwork the artwork's beautiful it's so good yeah fiona staples illustrates and uh brian k vaughn writes but yeah the art is well, amazing. Didn't you say it's like one of the few comic books that I don't know if they like they give t- equal billing to the illustrator compared to the writer? Well, yeah, or... in the last few volumes, uh, Staples has been getting uh, first billing. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that's mm-hmm. interesting. Well, and it's rare for a comic series to have one author and then one illustrator. Yeah. Um, for like smaller, um, series that might be you know, more common, mm-hmm. um, more independent, but, uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a lot of work. Uh, Staples does all the, the colors and everything. So. Wow. Staples color. Well, I guess that makes sense probably. Cause, but yeah, that, cause a lot of times it's someone inks and someone colors. And yeah. And I think she does the lettering too, man. Yeah. yeah. So no wonder it probably takes a while for <laughs> yeah. the, the issues yeah, to come out. It takes like nine months for the like collected volumes to come out. And I'm always like, <sighs> Uh, should we talk about some of the ones that we did for our podcast yeah yeah uh 
Uh, one I'd really like to mention is um, like water for chocolate. Yeah, I liked that one. I liked that one a lot. I feel like I liked it so much because it was almost like an unexpected thing. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember I'd read it before and I remember really liking it. But then just reading it with you and then doing the podcast episode together. It was so fun. And I really liked the story so much. And it was so I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a romantic story. And. I enjoy the plot, but it also doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. There mm-hmm. was so much it had going for it, and just I loved reading it and getting to talk about it. And the format of it being like a, a cookbook with recipes yeah. and her it being her life, I really liked uh, like Water for Chocolate a lot. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it or watched the movie, uh, definitely do that. Or listen to our podcast episode if you haven't done <laughs> that either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one I really liked that we did was uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah. That uh, was so fun. I love... Because I, I was familiar with the movie. Yeah. I've been a fan of the movie for years, but I finally picked up the books. And I was surprised by... That I actually ended up liking the books, I think, more than the movie. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's what I said in the episode. I it might is. Be. Okay, yeah, I, I think, thought so. I think so, because <laughs> it is... You know, you watch the movie first and you liked it for so long. And then to read the book, a lot of times our first impression is the one that we go with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was my first time reading the books, too. And I really liked them. I really I think the six volumes all went so well together and it was such a cohesive story and it was great. Yeah. And it just felt so true to uh, people our age, you know, in terms of the small problems they have in their life in terms of like juxtaposed with this shitty fights. Ro- yeah, yeah, shitty roommates, breakups, people getting back together and just kind of all those crappy jobs. Of, yeah, and- kind of minor um little problems in your life, but yeah. in in Meanwhile, the setup, Scott is fighting yeah. <laughs> some evil enormous <laughs> monsters and shit like that. Yeah, so I really liked the series. I actually got um for uh Christmas, Adina got me the first of the uh, Scott Pilgrim books in the color edition, the hardback, uh, heavy color edition. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I need to reread it in the color version. In color order. In color. <laughs> now in Technicolor. <laughs> so we might, we were talking about slowly accumulating the hardback color editions because we like them so much. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. might be something we continue to purchase. <laughs> Any others uh, you want to mention from our episodes that you really liked? Um, there were a ton. Um, Wild was really fun. Yeah. I liked yeah. Wild a lot. Yeah, because we, we listened to that in the car together Yeah, uh, on audiobook, which is how we got through like 80% of the book probably, mm-hmm. which was great. That was such a fun way to experience it. That was a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Us listening to it. Because it's not too often that you get to listen to an audiobook with someone yeah in almost its entirety mm-hmm. so i liked that a lot yeah um yeah yeah a lot of a lot of good books we got to read mm-hmm. uh this year yeah we <laughs> we did well um another book i started that i put down because i was busy but also it wasn't grabbing me mm-hmm. much was ready player one. Oh yeah and i'm kind of curious and if you're listening to this and you're all about this like doing an episode on the new movie that's coming out we are open to it we're definitely open to it because reading the book i had a lot of thoughts about it early on Mm -hmm. um 
not all great. <laughs> some good things. I yeah. loved the world building of it. But I just had some issues with characters and stuff early on mm-hmm. and kind of dimmed my enthusiasm for the book. But it kind of also makes me want to talk about it a lot. Yeah, and it could get better, especially once the plot gets going. Sure, yeah. But so. I'm also curious how um, it'll translate to a movie, especially Steven Spielberg yeah. you know, doing it. Because he's pretty pretty talented guy. So mm-hmm. I'm curious how... Uh, that'll translate to film yeah and whether it'll be a good movie or just a nostalgia trip Mm -hmm. so if you want us to do that let us know and uh we'll uh see when it comes out and see where we can fit it into the schedule maybe yeah um before we end our talk about books there's just some titles i want to mention i'm not going to go too much into them but um some nonfiction books that I read this year that were really good. Uh, Hunger by Roxane Gay, a memoir. Oh, yeah. Um, super great. Uh, if you haven't read anything by her, definitely check that out. Uh, we Were Eight Years in Power by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Very good uh, essays kind of um, through the Obama years that he wrote for The Atlantic. Um, and then uh, The Fifth Season, which is the first in a sci-fi trilogy that bo- the first two actually won the Hugo Awards. Um, and those are the highest honor that you can win in the science fiction community. We'll see if the third one wins this next year. <laughs> um, it was really cool to read that series. Uh, the first one is the fifth season. And then uh, Wonder Woman, Warbringer came out. Uh, it's a book on Wonder Woman. And that was really on your, great. On your Wonder Woman trip. <laughs> oh, it was so good to read. I, I loved reading that. So that was good. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk briefly uh, about TV shows yeah. from this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's tough. For some reason, it's harder to remember the TV shows. Yeah. Um, one that I really liked was uh, Atlanta yeah. on FX. Which I haven't seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just really... Uh, God, I hate to say this now, but <laughs> it reminds me of Louie in certain ways in yeah. terms of uh, kind of this kind of surreal in some ways, like some some episodes are very um, uh, realistic in kind of the the plot and what's going on. Some get real surreal and weird, and the humor and the like the balance between humor and drama. Mm-hmm. So if you liked Louie but can't stand to watch it anymore and want something that's a little more diverse, uh, check out Atlanta because Donald <laughs> that's Glover. That's a great recommendation. Because <laughs> Donald Glover's great. I've always been a fan of his, both in his music and his comedy and TV shows and everything. And mm-hmm. and he directed and wrote and starred in this. And he's getting a ton of acclaim and he deserves it because it's a really uh, solid show. Mm-hmm. So a- Atlanta, I like a lot. Um, um, so episodes or podcast episodes that we did specifically on The Handmaid's Tale and Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. And those were two amazing shows of 2017. And we just so happened to do (laughs) episodes on both of them. We lucked out hardcore (laughs) picking, like, the two, the one show that was going to win, because Handmaid's Tale, I think, for both Golden Globe and Emmys, won Best Drama. Yep. And Big Little Lies won both Golden Globe and Emmy for Best Limited Series. Yep. So... So we, yeah, we, we picked know, the winners. We know how to pick them. <laughs> but yeah, both of those were awesome. Great Super shows. great. Yeah. Uh, Big Little Lies is on HBO mm-hmm. and the book is really great. And then The Handmaid's Tale was on Hulu um, and also super, super good. Uh, Little Dark 
just a tad. Um, <laughs> we had to take breaks between watching the episodes of those. Uh, of The Handmaid's Tale. Of The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. Big Little Lies is a little... It's a little more fun. It's a little more fun. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of issues discussed in it, but um, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on to sort of distract you. In yeah. The Handmaid's Tale, it's like, oh, everyone is actively being oppressed by the patriarchy. You are immersed in that okay. world. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get you don't get to come up for air until the end of each episode, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh one other show I wanted to mention, and I'm sure I'll kick myself when we're done recording, because I'll remember like ten other shows I wanted to mention. <laughs> but just I want to mention for its uniqueness and coolness, and that is Legion. Mm-hmm. We watched that. That was early on yeah. in, in the year, but it's a X-Men show, which there's another one out now called Gifted, but I I have no idea how that is. Legion, though, is like X-Men on an acid trip. Yeah. Like, all of the characters' powers in it are, like, very mental. Like, either it's body swapping or mind control or, Mm -hmm. like, some kind of crazy... Body double clone thing? Yeah. And it's just, it really embraces this weird, um, psychedelic kind of uh trippiness Mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed it and also it was surprisingly kind of scary it was really scary it was really scary i was very scared watching it but then i was too invested and i'm like what have i done (laughs) (laughs) also aubrey plaza has gotten a lot of um acclaim for her role in this yeah and i won't give away any spoilers because the way her character develops is very interesting she is awesome though she is. she is so good in legion mm-hmm. so yeah hi i i really recommend it if you want to watch it's by the creator um it's by noah holly or howley who did uh fargo yeah the tv series and also maybe not also something else maybe it was just fargo <laughs> i yeah maybe just fargo but that's enough because fargo is a great tv show i didn't get to see season three of fargo uh, otherwise, I'm sure I'd be talking about that one, too. But check mm-hmm. out Legion. Any other TV shows? That uh, we w- just watched Good Place. Yeah, that um, was pretty good. Which is excellent. Really, really funny. Um, Stranger Things season two. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to recommend that to you guys. You know. I know. already seen it. <laughs> Everyone you know. and their mothers has seen Stranger <laughs> Things. It's only a phenomenon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there's other ones, but we'll we'll leave it at there. Yeah, I think that's we did a pretty good job in recapping 2017. If I was more into music, I might have some music recommendations, but I am bad at music, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I have some music recommendations, but we'll maybe leave that for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to our special. Special end segment. Oh, special segment. That will become a staple of after credits. Yes. And this is the... We don't have a name for it. What, what should it be called, Adina? Um, the tomato guest... Guess-a-meter? <laughs> the tomato guess-a-meter. <laughs> I like that. Let's, yeah. The, or, or, the Rotten Tomatoes guess-a-meter. So, essentially... Between this episode and the next episode we release, we're going to pick a movie that's going to be released in that time. Yeah. And one that doesn't have reviews out for it yet. Exactly. And then based on the trailer and like the director and just some research we do, we're going to try to guess a Rotten Tomatoes score we think that movie's going to land on. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. Should there, there will probably be a prize. We'll, we'll figure out a prize. Yeah, we'll see. Um, for <laughs> whoever gets closest to that Rotten Tomatoes score. We'll see how much money you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to check your book on how much I, on how in debt I am to you right now. So what's the movie that we're going to do? What's it even called? Uh, Peter Rabbit. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I Pe- think that's what it is. Peter Rabbit. So we were going to do... Um, Oh, yeah. 12 Strong. The Horse Soldiers the movie. The Horse Soldier movie. <laughs> but it comes out too soon, and we didn't record this podcast soon enough. So. Yeah, so reviews are going to be out for it like it. tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah, we wanted something that is going to have a little bit more build-up time. So we went with Peter Rabbit because we've seen commercials for it. Yeah. And... We just don't understand what's happening. So. And so if you know anything about Peter Rabbit, like you read the Beatrix Potter books... Or, you know, you watched the movie versions of the Beatrice Potter books, then you know that Peter Rabbit is adorable and it's a great story. And it's, you know, the Mr. McGregor story. And there's tons of, like, all cute little animals. It's great. Uh, They decide to make it uh, 3D animated. A live action uh, adaptation with, like, a CGI um, rabbit rabbit and animals. Yeah. A la the the Smurfs or, you know. Yeah. And uh, Donald Gleason's in it, who you'll know as um, I forget his character's name in Hux in Hux. in, in, in the, the new Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. and he's been in a lot of movies. He's in stuff, uh, Brooklyn, <laughs> yeah. um, Ex Machina, um, bunch of other movies. He's that ginger Irish guy. <laughs> yeah, he's um, um, Bill Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, so he's really big right now, and he's in it. Yeah, which and is you're like, why? Yeah, and then also uh, Ray from Star Wars is in it, right? I think yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she um, voices one of the bunnies. Why well, I'm I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's got some big names to it. The director is the guy who did the Annie remake in 2014, which kind of got canned a little bit. And Easy A. Yeah. With which Emma was a Watson. decent movie. Yeah, which was certainly competent. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What What do you think about this one? So, I don't understand the rules of the bunny and human interactions. <laughs> so, just watch the trailer and tell me what you think. Because this is just weird. Like, does the... Do, does the human woman talk to the bunnies? Does she know what they're saying? She Why are they has, wearing clothes? Yeah. Like, does she see that they're wearing clothes? Like, how involved <laughs> is she in the bunny community? Like, I don't know. The, the animals talk to each other. Yeah. And she clearly has, like, a relationship with them. Like, she's like, oh, bunnies are great. But do I'm, they talk to her? Yeah. She's like, I got to protect them. And then McGregor, who is played by Donald Gleason, like, hates them and is trying to keep them out of his garden. And then it's also, like, the bunnies are, like, home aloneing him. In <laughs> yeah. his garden. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, what? What is happening in this movie? And they're playing like peppy, like vampire weekend music. Yeah. And that new Portugal Demand song. Yeah. And I, I just. It's weird. Yeah. It's got a weird vibe. It's got. So here's 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 the trouble because it's got it's got some talent behind it. It does. Um, but it could just be a cash grab that they're bullshitting their way through. Yeah. Um. But also, they're British, which mm-hmm. is a point in its favor. That's true. Uh, and it's a kids' movie. Yeah. Which sometimes reviewers, not all the time, but sometimes they're like, "Oh, the kids will like it." Yeah. Uh, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible for a kids' movie. So. <sighs> okay, so I'm gonna go with 
I'm going to go with a 42%. Ooh, okay. I'm going low because for me, this is a classic story. Peter Rabbit, you know, I love that story. And they are just shitting all over it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, but what if Peter Rabbit was like really slapstick and funny and he like set traps for Mr. McGregor and he was like this obnoxious like 12 year old and he was like, oh, did you see him? He ran into a rake and was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go... Because honestly, I could see this going any direction. Yeah, it could go anywhere. Which is why I'm, I'm glad we're doing this one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go higher. Okay. I'm going to go... Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to go like 60... 60 um, Say it. You know what? I'm going to go 70%. Whoa. 70. Because, so... And this is solely based on, and this is a stupid reason to base it on, but, like, that Paddington movie, Paddington 2 just came out, okay? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of 145 reviews the last time I saw it on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 100% so far. Okay, yeah. And you watch the trailer, and it is, it looks fine. Like, I don't, you know, you don't, you wouldn't think anything special about it. But every reviewer is like, it's so charming. <laughs> and I don't think this movie will be that way. But I am suspecting that it might be better because one of the things that makes these trailers look kind of bad is the shitty peppy music. That's true. And that's kind of easily like something the trailer editors put in and just to appeal more to like mainstream. Mm -hmm. I think the cut of the trailer might be worse than the actual movie. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It looks pretty bad. (laughs) I I totally agree. I'm just thinking that maybe it's not as bad as so I'm gonna go 70 okay we'll see who is closer okay we're not doing the price is right thing we're doing yeah it's whoever's not, closer it's not closest without going over because with two people I you could just go one percent over the other person so yeah. it's just whoever's closest mm-hmm. um yeah so next episode of after credits we will discuss discuss Peter <laughs> Rabbit the perception of it and the reviews we might not have seen it I don't think I'm gonna spend no, money no <laughs> no that's not that's not how this works Adina <laughs> we're not gonna see these movies um and then we'll also pick another movie to um discuss yeah. and guess also please let us know if you have your own thoughts on the Peter Rabbit movie <laughs> yeah. what do you think it's Rotten Tomatoes score will be what are the rules of this universe <laughs> I don't care enough to go see it but I'd like to hear <laughs> what is going on with the rabbits and the people so yes yeah and also if you maybe have a suggestion for one we should do this on yeah uh, let us know it just the timing of it has to be kind of spot on mm-hmm. so that's the only thing but yeah uh, and just in general, for after credits, if you have a discussion topic you'd like us to cover in an episode, let us know. And if you want to listen to future episodes, uh, just uh, subscribe on Patreon yes. and become a patron. We really appreciate everyone who has listened to our podcast and who's shown us support. Um, it's just been amazing to do this podcast, and 2017 has been a great year just for that, just getting to do this podcast yeah. and having everyone who has listened been so encouraging and um, so kind, and it's been a, it's been so great. Yeah, uh, getting to do this and have people respond positively, and um, you know, just getting to do it with you, Adina. It's I know. been such a great project. It has for us been to great. Do. I love doing it with you because this is what we were doing anyway. We were just reading 
uh, books and watching talking, and watching movies and then just talking about it. Yeah. And you would re- be reading a book and just tell me the entire plot <laughs> and it'd be great. And it's like, I didn't have to read that book. <laughs> and I, I love I that. I do do that sometimes. <laughs> but that's okay. It's. But now we do it together and it's really cool. It's like our own little book club, book and movie club. Mm-hmm. called cover to credits <laughs> and so thank you for being a part of that and um if you want to be a patron go on over to patreon under cover to credits and you can become a patron um we'll also be putting out some more episodes in the future regular episodes for cover to credits yep so look forward to that um and yeah just yeah. follow us follow us on twitter at cover to credits that's with the number two uh Email us at CoverToCreditsPod at gmail.com, uh, spelled the normal way. And find us on Facebook, too. Yeah. And just uh, just engage with us. You engage. Know? Just Leave us a review on iTunes if you if the feeling strikes you. <laughs> if the mood strikes you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've got a glass of wine and, yeah. you know, the lights are dimmed and you're just like, mm, mm. I'm going to leave them <laughs> a nice five-star review. <laughs> They've earned it. <laughs> So, yeah, um, happy New Year, even though it's way past the New Year. Yeah, we're a little late on this one, but you know what? <laughs> happy New Year to everyone. May happy 2018 bring us just as many good shows and books and movies, but less of the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, the bad the stuff. The bad stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.